and welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope that you've had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and kind of talk about what it is to make the Lord, literally the Lord of your life versus just your salvation. Because if we allow the Lord to be the Lord of our lives, then we can really see his purpose flourish in us. We can really see what he wants to happen in us, and we can really believe that he will take care of all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. Look, we're going to continue and wrap up our discussion of the cup of the Lord here. And then next week, we're going to switch gears a little bit and kind of talk about what it is to be in Christ, what it means to have parts of you in Christ, um, to really understand what it is to walk as Christ on this earth. So that's going to be for next week, and we're going to start that a little bit. But again, tonight, we're going to talk about the cup of salvation and wrap up our discussion on the cup of the Lord. But before we get to that, again, just some housekeeping items. All of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you need a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to drop me an email email at path to redemption ohio at gmail.com and then also once again please do not take my word for it just go make sure you study to show yourself approved unto the lord find out what god has for you as you prayerfully consider all these lessons and as you think about all the things that that we've kind of discussed and all the things that are being taught here again it's important that you do it ultimately you're responsible for your own salvation and it's up to each of us to do it but i will say that again everything that i teach here i do believe in everything i teach here i walk through so but if you need any help with it feel free to give me an email at path to redemption ohio at gmail.com i am here to help amen so let's go ahead and get started our main scripture once again comes from mark chapter 10 verses 35 through 40 and the bible says then james and john the sons of zebedee came to him saying teacher we want you to do for us whatever we ask And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, grant us that we may sit on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism that I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. Again, just a quick reminder that set before each and every one of us is the cup of the Lord. It is the cup that will ultimately fulfill our calling. If we go through that, it will allow us to go deeper with God. It will allow us to go more into Christ, to have deeper understanding, and to be ultimately be the fulfillment of what our calling is for the Lord. In every single one of us has a choice along with that. We can either drink from that cup or we can reject from that cup. Once again, if you reject it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be saved. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a great relationship with the Lord. It doesn't mean you can't still work in your church or do those things. It just means that, that you're not going to fulfill the true purpose that God has in your life in terms of the work that he wants you to do. Again, many are called Everyone who is saved has a calling on their life, has a work to do, but few are chosen. Few are willing to lay their lay down their lives and allow Jesus Christ to do the work of the high priest and to change them and to grow them up into the true measure and the stature of who he is so that he can trust them with that level of ministry. So 
again, this is part of the cup of the Lord. This is the last piece, and this is the cup of salvation. So as we walked through this, we saw the cup of trembling in the Garden of Gethsemane leading up to the cup of the fury of the Lord, which is the crucifixion and the outpouring of the wrath of God onto Jesus Christ at the crucifixion. Then we see the cup of astonishment and desolation here at in that time period between the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. And today we're going to talk about the cup of salvation around the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we're going to look at this a little differently. We're going to look at who Jesus Christ is now versus who he was then. But going to the book of Psalms, chapter 116, verses 12 through 15, this is what the Bible says. It says, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord, now in the presence of all his people, precious and the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Amen. That is the death of our flesh. That is the crushing of the alabaster box, however you want to put it. You know, that is what's precious before the Lord. Why? Because it makes us deeper in a relationship, brings us closer to him, and ultimately so that we can be resurrected into the likeness of Jesus Christ and be that new creature. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 19, the Bible says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. We don't know him any longer according to the flesh. Why? Because we know him according to the spirit, because our flesh has been crucified with Christ and we have been resurrected into what it says in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. So you have to understand here that all things have become new. Old things have passed away. Who your flesh was, the things that you had, my alcoholism's passed away, my anger's passed away, you know, my my fear of my own death has passed away. From all the trials and tribulations that I've been through and the lessons that I've had to learn, all of those things have been passed away and I am now a new creature in those areas with Jesus Christ. Now don't get me wrong, there are other areas that God is working with me right now and that I I might go through the through the fury of the Lord in that portion of that life, but you got to understand that ultimately those pieces, just as a few examples from my own life, have been nailed to the tree or crucified, and now I'm not tempted anymore. Alcohol can't get can't bother me. Smoking can't bother me. You know, I, I really don't get angry hardly at all ever, if ever, uh, anymore. And then uh, on top of that, like I, if if the Lord takes me, it's His choice. I throw my life into the Lord because I trust Him. So all of of those things have been made and I stand there in the fullness of the resurrection having drunk from the cup of salvation in those areas and other areas I will continue to drink from the cup of salvation when the Lord can as the Lord continues to work on me because again he that has begun a good work in you is also able to perform it but just as we are a new creature in Christ Christ was a new creature after his resurrection. Okay, yes, we saw the Christ that was that was kind of the suffering servant, the lamb, if you will, that was going on to slaughter. But if you know who Christ is now, you know that he is the glorified Christ because he has been elevated to the right hand of the Father as he sits while his enemies be made his footstool. And we get a picture of this in Revelation chapter 1, starting at verse 11. And it says, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and 
And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice was the sound of many waters. He had in his right hands the seven stars, out of and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. Amen. So that is who Christ is right now. That is a picture of Jesus Christ as he is at the right hand of the Father, the glorified Christ, having done his work on the cross, having gone through the cup the cup of trembling, having gone through the cup of the fear of the Lord, having gone through the cup of astonishment and desolation, ultimately to be our salvation and to be elevated at the right hand of the Father. But I want to take a look at the picture here of the glorified Christ and understand how this comes about. So he's clothed with the garment, as it says in verse uh, in verse 13, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with the garment, down to the feet, and girded about with the chest with a golden band. So we see here that that represents the deity of God, the fact that he has taken his rightful place as the Son of God at the right hand of the Father, as the part of the Godhead, to be the mediator for us, that he may be the testator of the new covenant. Amen. So the gold band is a representation of his deity and of all the things that he has done for us. Amen. And guess what? Whenever we come in and, and we defeat and we've gone through all this stuff in our in our places, we have overcome and we enter into Christ and we have that peace of Christ, right? Because we know that once we have, have overcome and we have defeated the enemy that is in us, our flesh in those areas, we can stand as Christ. Christ is because don't forget what it says in 1 John chapter 4:17 Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world. Amen. Talking about Jesus Christ. Once we have gone through this, we are as he is in this world. We are resurrected into the newness and into the fullness of Christ and into the power and the deity of Christ. Amen. All of this, again, around Christ. What do we look at in, in Revelation and in going on and continuing on in Revelation chapter 1? We see that his head and hair were white like wool as white as snow. Amen. So what you see is in, if you go to Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 31, the Bible says the silver haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. Amen. It is white like wool because he was the lamb that was taken to slaughter. He is now grown up. He is a full-blown sheep in that arena. 
He is in the fullness of his Godhead at this point, and it is white as snow because of the wisdom and the purity and the crown that is placed upon his head. Similarly to Christ, we also are that sheep, right? We were taken and we were crucified upon that cross. Our flesh was, and we are that sheep, and we can walk in the purity of who he is and in the purity of the redemption of Christ as we drink of the cup of salvation it is in the found in the way of righteousness which Christ is our righteousness amen as it says in 1 Corinthians 1 30 the scripture goes on in verse 14 it says in his eyes were like a flame of fire he sees all truth in us he sees all truth in everything because here's the fact the fact may be that we are not into the fullness of who Christ is yet but the truth is that Christ sees himself in us amen the truth is that Christ sees the things that we have not accomplished, the things that we have not gone to yet in us because he sees the truth and he sees the beginning from the end. Amen. So understanding that, here's what what Hebrews chapter 4, starting at verse 11 says. It says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart and there is no creature hidden from his sight but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account amen so when we ultimately go through this process and we enter into christ we also have these eyes like a flame of fire we can then see into the truth and even though we may see a person who does not know christ yet we can see according to the of the spirit and say, you know what? That person is going to be claimed for this for the kingdom, and ultimately he's going to come to the knowledge of salvation. He's going to grow up and fulfill his calling. Amen. And we can see that happen before it ever happens. Why? Because we can see all truth. Amen. Continuing on in Revelation, we see that his feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. Amen. Now, we know from our lessons about the temple that there was a brazen altar, and that brazen altar was there for the remission of sins. But the fact that his feet were made of fine brass is the overcoming of sin, because the man who knew no sin became sin, but yet hell could not keep him. And ultimately, even though he became it, him not having the intimacy and the intimate knowledge of sin, hell could not hold him back. That is why today he holds the keys to death in hell as it says in the book of Revelation. So understanding all of that, we also overcome our sin in that area that God works with. When we are resurrected into the fullness, we cannot be tempted again. The only choice for us is to continue on with God and never fall back into it. It's not temptation. The only way that you can go back is if you willfully decide that you need to go back and that you want to. And then you go crucify Christ again as an open shame. But that's a different lesson. But understanding this, that his feet are as fine brass, our feet can be as fine brass as we overcome through the cup of salvation after we've been through all the things that we needed and our flesh has died and we are resurrected in the newness of who he is. So going on in the book of Revelation and also in verse 15, it says his voice as the sound of many waters. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 through 27 says, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church 
church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he should be holy and without blemish. Amen. Because what you see here is that once we've overcome, then we can help others and teach others to overcome through the word and through the water that comes out of us. Remember, the scripture says that out of the out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. My mom got a revelation that that basically means that we are to be water pipes. And after this, going through this process, cleanses our water pipe from being any type of flesh, any type of dirt or silt or anything else. So that the water that flows directly from the throne of God through Christ, through us, ultimately is clean so that people can drink of it and people can wash of it and we can see people changed. Amen? It's an amazing thing to think about. Now, he goes on in the book of Revelation and he starts here in verse 16. He says, he had in his right hand seven stars. And those seven stars are explained later into the book of Revelation. Going back into, into verse 17, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands, which you saw are the seven churches. The seven stars of the seven churches are the seven different types of churches that have been through this world since the beginning of the church. Amen. So we have to understand here that Christ has been directing the church age from the very beginning. Amen. And then finally, what does it say? It says, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Amen. A sharp two-edged sword. And where we begin, we go back to Hebrews chapter 4, where it talks about here how the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We know that when God speaks, that the that the goes, it can cut going in, it can cut going out, but it can also heal. We know that when God speaks that the word of God is what we live on. It is what the word that that brings us, but it also can break down walls. It can break down barriers in people. It can break down chains and, and all of these things that are hindering all these people. And we can do that once we've been in these areas, once we've drank of the cup of, uh, of trembling, the cup of the fury of the Lord, the cup of astonishment and desolation, and the cup of salvation. Amen. And then we see the last part here in the book of Revelation, where it says, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. He is the bright and morning star. Amen. He is the light that shines in the darkness. And we also, as the church, can be that. We can be that shining city set upon a hill. We can be the light to this earth through the light of Jesus Christ and have that same light shine in us. Because again, as he is, so are we 
in this world. Amen. So look, the cup of salvation changes us into the glorified person and being part and in Christ in these areas because we can enter into those those areas of Christ to where we can actually see results from the things that we've been through and the crucifixion of our flesh. Amen. Amen. How can God give us these things without first we die? Because, again, his flesh flesh can't mingle with the spirit. And this is talking about dying to our flesh and being resurrected into the spirit. Amen? So, look, we've covered a lot in this series. We've talked about the cup of trembling and, and what that is. We've talked about the cup of the fury of the Lord towards the crucifixion. We've talked about the cup of, of astonishment and desolation through what's happened in, um, in between the crucifixion and the resurrection. And now we understand that when we are resurrected, we are resurrected in Christ as a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what it means. We are changed into his likeness. Amen. That's what it is. We are changed into his likeness. Again, going back to Romans chapter six and verse one, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united United together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, He died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Amen. So likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. The only way to reckon yourself dead is to walk through this process. Walk through the cup of trembling. Walk through the cup of the fury of the Lord. Walk through the cup of astonishment and desolation. Ultimately, to drink of the cup of salvation and be redeemed back into Jesus Christ in those areas of your life. Amen. Again, this is if you want to fulfill that calling and you want God to use you. He's got to clean your water pipe. I told you I'd I'd circle back to this in Isaiah chapter 51, starting at verse 17. Isaiah says, Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk of the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. You have drunk the dregs of the cup of trembling and drained it out. There is no one to guide her. Among all the sons she is brought forth, nor is there any who takes her by the hand. Among all the sons she is brought up, these two things have come to you. Who will be sorry for you? Desolation and destruction, famine and sword. By whom will I comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets like an antelope in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord. They rebuke of your God. Therefore, please hear this, you afflicted and drunk, but not with wine. Thus says your Lord, the Lord and your God, who pleads the cause of his people. See, I have taken out of your hand the cup of trembling. The dregs of the cup of my fury you shall no longer Drink it. You shall no longer drink it. 
once you've gone through this process, once you've gone through the cup of trembling, through the cup of the fury of the Lord, through the cup of astonishment and desolation, there is no way for your flesh to be crucified again. You have victory over this and you can stand in Christ Jesus on the victory that he has given you and that you, that the death of your flesh has wielded and into the newness and into the fullness of whatever it is that he had for you in that area. Amen. You will no longer drink of that cup in that area of your life. Now, he will start over in a different area until we are completely perfected in him. But it doesn't matter in that one area. You have victory and you have become more than a conqueror. Amen. Look, I hope that you've enjoyed this series. I hope that you understand what this is for. This is regarding the death of our flesh because we are to drink of that cup and walk through that baptism the same way that Christ did. The same thing that he did, we are to do if we're going to fulfill our calling, if we're going to fulfill what God has for us. Amen. You know, I'm going to quote the Cecil B. DeMille movie from the Ten Commandments, where he says, as Moses is going through the backside of the desert, he says, and, and Moses went through the desert where prophets are hewn and grown, you know, and it's very similar for us. Going through this process can bring us into the fullness of our ministry, whatever it is. Amen. Look, I hope and pray that each and every one of you listening to this will pray and ask God not only to be your salvation, not only for Christ to be your salvation, but for him to be the Lord of your life, for him to direct you, for him to lead you, and ultimately for him to put you on that altar and crucify your flesh so that you can fulfill the calling that he has in your life. Amen. Look, I hope you've got something out of it. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed the series. Again, next week we're going to talk about what it is to be in Christ, fully in Christ, and what it means to press towards the mark in Christ. We're going to talk a lot about that. Okay, this week's Song of the Week comes from Stephen Curtis Chapman, his 1999 album Speechless, and the song is called Dive. It is a great song. Now, this is also a two-for-one here because Stephen Curtis Chapman actually went ahead and re-performed this, again, to a bluegrass cover, actually featuring Ricky Skaggs um, and Deeper Roots, where the bluegrass grows on that album, and Dive featuring Ricky Skaggs on, on, uh, on the banjo. I actually prefer the bluegrass version of this song, but either way, whichever one you listen to, you can't go wrong, but it's about diving in, diving in to Jesus Christ and diving in, in with Christ. Amen. And that's what I challenge each and every one of you to do. Dive into Christ and allow Christ to be Lord of your life, not just savior, not just salvation, but yield yourself over to him and let him begin to walk you through this process in the different areas of your life. Take it from me who's been through this several, several times, it is worth it in the end. You know, no one rejoices in the midst of a trial and no one rejoices while your flesh is hanging on that tree. But I'm telling you right now, at the end, it is worth it. Greater is the end of a thing than the beginning, as as, uh, Solomon said. So look, understanding this, let him be the Lord of your life. Give everything you have over to him and let him lead and guide you. Again, if you have any questions on this, feel free to give me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I am here to help you. But again, until next time, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.